Let's have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun this morning because there is a lot for us to catch up on. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Okay, so oh, that didn't sound very good. Everything okay this morning? I'm fine. Okay, good. I'm uh, just sitting here. Having just, a good time? You know, having my coffee. Good. Uh, let's talk about this Washington Post story because when I read yeah. this night before last, my first thought when I read it was, huh, this is a lot of information that local media has not been able to obtain about the killing of somebody right here in our community. Yes, it is incredible that you have to go to the Washington Post to get a good description of what the security camera at the temple in Surrey shows about the killing at the temple in Surrey. Uh, Two vehicles, six people involved. It's vivid, powerful stuff. And you're right, Simi. Our police in this country have clearly had that video for some time. They've not shared it with our news media. Uh, Yeah. Washington Post managed to get a look at it. Not 100% clear how they did it, but Simi, they have a reporter in Surrey. The reporter's named in the story, and they also clearly have very good access to the U.S. authorities on this. So I, I am sorry to tell the listener, if the listener didn't already know this, of all the negative things you could say about the Americans these days, their policing and security services are more open than ours in sharing information with the news media. And that's been a long-standing thing. Most reporters in British Columbia or in Canada have had the experience before. You get nothing from the Canadian authorities. If the trail leads across the border, you call the local American sheriff and he tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, it's disappointing when this is an issue of public safety. This was a, a, a very brazen murder in a public place uh, that was right there in the middle of the community. And it, it is disappointing, as you say, that apparently the, uh, a news organization like the Washington Post can get more information on it than yeah. we can. Yeah. And again, we don't know exactly how they got it. Uh, news organizations are not in the habit of telling people when they get something this yeah, exactly. secretive, but they got it and nobody's disputing their account of what was on that video. The, You know, the Premier of British Columbia uh, has also commented on this, Sammy, on, on Friday at the UBCM. Uh, David Eby said he hadn't really been given any kind of briefing on what Canada knows about this clear issue of public safety in British Columbia, said he got a one hour long heads up that the prime minister was going to level charges in the against India in the House of Commons. But E.B. said, you know, he got a briefing um, and all he was told was the kind of thing. He said, look, I can read the newspapers. I already knew that. So he got asked about this again yesterday uh, because he did a media availability from his meetings in Ottawa at noon. And he said, no, he still hasn't been told anything more. He said, as the Premier of British Columbia, he needs to make sure that everything is being done to protect the safety of British Columbians. And he's not been told enough to know in this case. So uh, the only thing E.B. said yesterday that was different than what he said on Friday was he said, it appears that it would need a change in the legislation governing CSIS, the Security and Intelligence Services, to allow CSIS to brief premiers where it is relevant, as well as the prime minister. I mean, the irony here, Simi, is that the federal leader 
of EB's political party, Jagmeet Singh, who's a member for a BC writing, he's had the security briefing. He shares power with the prime minister. He should get it. And the other thing the premier said yesterday was, look, David, he's not talking about getting a hold of information that would compromise police investigations. He's not talking that he's going to call a press conference and start blabbing everything. He's just saying, my government, BC government is in charge of making sure British Columbians are secure. And he needs to be better briefed in order to know what he needs to know to do that. They're in charge of policing in this province. Police would know this information, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. One hopes so. One but, exactly. you, know, you know, I see there's one one issue with the Washington Post story that's been disputed now by policing services here. Um, the the but, statement that I saw yesterday was uh, RCMP saying the story's wrong in one respect. The story suggested there was a big holdup in responding to the killing because of a jurisdictional squabble between the RCMP and Surrey Policing Services. Both services say that's not true. But again, if you read that statement, they say they got a bunch of questions from the Washington Post and they weren't able to get a response together in time to be in the story. Sammy, again, I have to say that is more typical of Canadian police. Uh, We'll get back to you on it. They don't by deadline. And then they blame the news media for getting the story wrong. So I was, it's I, uh, I saw it's that detail as well. Unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I saw that detail as well, and I wondered about it because I thought, well, wait a minute. It would have been I hit anyway. There was yeah. no, no jurisdictional I, I issue. It would have been I hit. So I did yeah. question that detail as well. But so that whole story, I just thought, well, this is more information that a lot of media here have not been able to pry out of the police. And that is very frustrating. Yeah, it, it's very frustrating because... Clearly, this is a huge, huge issue yes. for British Columbians in general. And, and obviously, we are one of the main places in the world where sick people have uh, emigrated and established communities and families. This is a central issue for them. And there are many people here who trace their heritage back to India, to other communities in India as well. So on this one, uh, certainly the Premier of British Columbia should have had a, bl- a better briefing. Yes. And frankly, I don't think our news media in British Columbia should be having to say, dial up the Washington Post to find out what happened there because the police here won't tell us anything. We are chatting with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Now, Vaughn, before we get to the housing discussion, I just very quickly wanted to touch on that poll that came out yesterday about provincial politics in BC and get your thoughts on that. Well, I would love to sit in a BC United caucus meeting and hear what they're saying to each other about this, because we've heard all the excuses. Opposition leader Kevin Falcon says the news media in the province just doesn't understand that, you know, they changed their name only five months ago. And of course, people still haven't clued in on all that. But but relax, you know, relax. We're by the time the next election rolls around, everybody's going to know what BC United is and everybody's going to know what Kevin Falcon stands for. So, you know, that's what he's saying publicly. I have to think, Simi, behind the scenes that at least some members of BC United are in a panic. And some of them are probably thinking, maybe we should change leaders. Uh, before the next election, and maybe we should um, go back to the old name. Oh, boy, election. that would. I mean, that's that's a panic-inducing opinion. Well, hey, you can say all kinds of things about it. The, you know, the provincial government is uh, 
cruising along and making big announcements. They've got lots of money to announce things. You can say it's a spillover effect for the conservatives from Pierre Polyev. Those are all factors, sure. But uh, the election, by this time next year, Sammy, we'll be in the middle of a provincial election campaign. That is assuming David Eby doesn't take the opportunity for a spring election, which must be awfully tempting. So, um, yeah, I think it's in, in if it hasn't induced an internal crisis in BC United, they're not paying attention. That's me. My I mean, I guess the name change was one thing, but what they didn't see was the potential resurgence of the BC Conservatives. That that they didn't see coming. That's true. Although you know, if you if you back up and say, well, what if they hadn't changed their name? What if they were going around right. with the BC? They Liberal might still name? have these problems. They may well still have had some BC United members seizing the opportunity, being opportunists, um, to call themselves the BC Conservatives and have a go at it. But again, you've got to put a piece of blame on Kevin Falcon for this. He's the one who kicked John Rustad out of the BC United caucus. It was still the BC Liberal caucus last summer. Um, you know, he did it. And if he hadn't done that, um, if he had not, if he had figured out a way to keep Rustad in the tent, um, we might not be in the current political situation. The same with uh, Benman, the member for Abbotsford South. If Falcon had turned his attention to the challenge there, he might have been able to head this off. So even though I think we are clearly in a time of change in political labeling in the country, just ask the federal liberals and the federal conservatives, uh, you can't say Kevin Falcon didn't have some responsibility as a leader in this. The only real job he inherited was keep the coalition together so you're the main vehicle to defeat the NDP in the next election. And he's so far, not only has he failed to do that, but I mean, some of the changes are entirely his fault. All right. Well, there's more to come on that, but we also want to talk on uh, about housing this morning because yeah. there was that big housing press conference about giving these certain communities a target that they must hit. Yes. Well, we've been calling this the naughty list for a while, and the government's been talking a pretty tough line. David Eby has been talking a tough line about, you know, the provincial government is going to set targets for housing for local government to approve more housing because we need more housing. And if they don't do it, the provincial government has given itself the legislative power to step in and overrule local government. So when all that was announced, Simi, we were, you know, expecting a bit of a clash. But uh, I uh, listened carefully to the press conference yesterday, and I was struck by how, Simi, this whole thing is turning into a pillow fight <laughs> between the provincial government and local governments. First of all, housing minister... Uh, Ravi Kalon uh, has a press conference and he's joined on the platform saying this is a really good idea by the mayor of one of the naughty municipalities, uh, Murdoch, the mayor of uh, Saanich. Uh, he's there. And, and before the EBS or uh, Kalon has finished speaking, we get a press release from Ken Sim in Vancouver saying, this is great. Uh, we're going to do this. We may even exceed these topics. And I'm going, are these people really naughty? Yeah. <laughs> Are they not part of the solution? <laughs> so I think local governments come around and said, hey, the provincial government's going to do this. Uh, let's go along with it rather than fighting with them. It sure sounds like it. Okay. And and some like targets didn't seem to be outrageous either. Like, was there a bit of a compromise here by saying we're not going to overreach? 
Yeah, I mean, most of the municipalities, first of all, they've been given five years. So, like, that's forever. That's more than an election away. Uh, so they've given five years. And second of all, the provinces promised help on infrastructure. Third of all, the targets by the provincial government's own admission are only 75% of what's actually needed. So they've scaled it down. Right. And the two municipalities that are the biggest outliers on this, and most of the municipalities' target is about what they've been able to build and develop in the last five years. There's a couple of outliers. One of them is Oak Bay and the other one's West Van. Again, I see the mayors in those communities saying, well, this is going to be a bit of a challenge, but we think it's doable, providing we get a bit of help from the provincial government and the province is saying, hey, we put up a lot of money and we'll put up more to help you with infrastructure. So I think what you've got is uh, what was originally looked like a clash and a showdown is now looking like what's probably best, provincial government and the municipalities are going to work together to try to hit these targets. All right. Well, we hope. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.